0: You're listening to a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. We hope you'll find it to be spiritually edifying. Brothers and sisters, we read from the Word of God from the book of Daniel, chapter 2. We read verse 24 to 49, and the verses 31 to 45 form the text for the preaching of God's word for this morning. In Daniel 2, we read about the dream of King Nebuchadnezzar. In the first part of Daniel 2, we are told that the king asked all the wise men, magicians, enchanters of Babylon to, uh, to, to tell and explain the dream. Nobody was able to do so. Then the king commanded that all the wise men should be killed. But then Daniel went to the king and he asked if he could get the opportunity to explain the dream. And then also Daniel received the dream which Nebuchadnezzar had also in a dream from God. And then we continue in verse 24. Then Daniel went to Ariok, whom the king had appointed, to execute the wise man of Babylon and said to him, Do not execute the wise man of Babylon. Take me to the king, and I will interpret his dream for him. Ariok took Daniel to the king at once and said, I have found a man among the exiles from Judah who can tell the king what his dream means. The king asked Daniel, also called Belteshazzar, Are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? Then he replied, No wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about, but there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in days to come. Your dream and the visions that passed through your mind as you lay on your bed are these. As you were lying there, O king, your mind turned to things to come. And the revealer of mysteries showed you what is going to happen. As for me, this mystery has been revealed to me not because I have greater wisdom than other living men, but so that you, O King, may know the interpretation and that you may understand what went through your mind. You looked, O King, and there before you stood a large statue, an enormous, dazzling statue, awesome in appearance. The head of the statue was made of pure gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of baked clay. While you were watching, a rock was cut out, but not by human hands. It struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were broken to pieces at the same time and became like chaff on a threshing floor in the summer. The wind swept them away without leaving a trace. But the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain and filled the whole earth. This was the dream, and now we will interpret it to the king. You, O king, are the king of kings. The God of heaven has given you dominion and power and might and glory. In your hands he has placed mankind and the beasts of the field and the birds of the air. Wherever they live, he has made you ruler over them all. You are that head of gold. After you, another kingdom will rise, inferior to yours. Next, a third kingdom, one of bronze, will rule over the whole earth. Finally, there will be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, for iron breaks and smashes everything. And as iron breaks things to pieces, so it will crush and break all the others. Just as you saw that the feet and toes were partly of baked clay and partly of iron, so this will be a divided kingdom, yet it will have some of the strength of iron in it, even as you saw iron mixed with clay. As the toes were partly iron and partly clay, so this kingdom will be partly strong and partly brittle. And just as you saw, the iron mixed with baked clay, so the people will be a mixture and will not remain united any more than iron mixes with clay. In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it will itself endure forever. This is the meaning of the vision of the rock cut out of a mountain, but not by human hands. A rock that broke the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold to pieces. The great God has shown the king what will take place in the future. The dream is true, and the interpretation is trustworthy. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate before Daniel and paid him honor and ordered that an offering and incense be presented to him the king said to Daniel, Surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and the revealer of mysteries, for you were able to reveal this mystery. Then the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all its wise men. Moreover, Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, administrators over the province of Babylon, while Daniel himself remained at the royal court. Beloved brothers and sisters, congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Imagine what this king Nebuchadnezzar saw in his dream, that huge statue. Well, if you look at chapter 3, the next chapter, There we read that the king made a huge statue, an image of gold, 90 feet high, 9 feet wide. Wow, quite a statue. So he was used to huge statues. Then all that gold of a statue in chapter 3, it was an enormous and costly statue. And it must be of a huge brightness, all that gold shining there in the sun. But in this one, in chapter 2, this statue, it was different. It was a large statue, enormous, dazzling statue. It was awesome in appearance, even to King Nebuchadnezzar. Well, that must be quite something whether it was just its greatness or brightness or also its form, it made such a huge impression on the king that he wanted to know the meaning of, his, of it. He was disturbed. And even more, when he saw that the statue was made of different materials, gold, silver, bronze, iron, which was at a feet mixed with baked clay, In Daniel 2, verse 29, where Daniel stands before the king there, Daniel already told the king that his mind turned to things to come. The king was thinking about the future. Well, he himself was a great king, and his empire was a great empire, wealthy and strong. And indeed, we also know from other sources than the Bible that King Nebuchadnezzar was a bright king, And that his reign was a period of prosperity for his empire. What will be the future of this huge empire? That is what he wanted to know. And then in a dream he saw this terrifying statue. And then, only Daniel is the one who can tell his dream and its meaning to the king. Daniel... In in, in the first part of chapter 2, there we can read how Daniel received this revelation from the Lord. And there he acknowledged that God must be praised. It was all worked by God so that God would receive all honor and praise. And that is what Daniel mentions here again when he is standing before the king. He started in verse 29 by saying that it is God who gave the dream to the king. And who through Daniel also gives the explanation... It is not his own achievement. And then in verse 37, when Daniel is explaining the dream, then again he tells the king that it is God, the God of heaven, who gave to the king dominion and power and might and glory. But if that is the case, if it is God who gave all dominion to King Nebuchadnezzar, then it is also God who causes the other kingdoms to rise. Daniel doesn't say that here explicitly, but that is indeed what is clear from his words to the king. God gave the king this dream of this statue and what happened to it. Because it is God himself who makes the history of the world and who also makes the future of this world. And that is what the king should know. That is also the message that comes to us In this passage, and I proclaim to you the word of God under this theme. God builds a new kingdom that will conquer this entire world. In the first place, we see this kingdom is not from this earth. Second, this kingdom is from heaven. And third, this kingdom will last forever. God built a new kingdom that will conquer this entire world. This kingdom is not from this earth. The head which was made of pure gold, it symbolizes the kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar. Great and excellent king, a mighty kingdom, but his power will not remain forever. And indeed, although Nebuchadnezzar was the greatest ruler of the Neo-Babylonian Empire, one of the most competent monarchs of ancient times, he was not immortal. After his death, the glory of Babylon immediately began to fade, and within 23 years, the empire had collapsed. And then another one, another kingdom would come, the chest and arms of silver. That is the Medo-Persian kingdom, which existed for about 200 years. This empire was not as strong, and it was more divided than the empire of Nebuchadnezzar, although it lasted longer. And thereafter, the third kingdom came, the bronze, that is the Greek empire, under the famous Alexander the Great. And this kingdom ruled over the whole earth, as far as the world was known in those days. But also this empire did not remain. After about 200 years, it was replaced by the Roman Empire. And this fourth kingdom had a tremendous power. It was a power to destroy it breaks and smashes everything it will crush and break all the others this kingdom ruled about 500 years very strong because of its military power but in the meantime this empire was no unity it was at the end divided into many smaller kingdoms and other states it was that is what the iron and clay of the feet symbolized But all those four kingdoms, if you look at all those four kingdoms, they were superpowers in their time. Even more so than the United States in our time. They ruled the world, the entire world, as it was known in those days. And they did it almost unchallenged by any other powers. Well, there were some minor kingdoms at the edges of these empires, but they were not really a danger to these empires until these empires themselves began to deteriorate and decay from the inside out. The Babylonian kingdom was defeated by the Medo-Persian kingdom because of the corruption, because of the bad government of the kings after Nebuchadnezzar. In the same way, the other empires, they all remained for a while, even a couple centuries centuries. But then they went down and were destroyed to be replaced by another kingdom. But then in the time of the Roman Empire, God builds a totally new kingdom. A completely different kingdom. And that is the kingdom of Christ. It is God's, it, then it is God's time to change the times. And that means a turning point in the history of the world. Christ was born in a time of the Roman oppression of Palestine, and in that time, under Roman rule, he preached his kingdom, and he fulfilled his work of salvation on earth. And under Roman rule, the gospel spread all over the earth, and it was preached everywhere in the Roman Empire. We can read about it in the book of Acts, how it all started. And that is all the work of God who fulfills his prophecy which he gave through this dream and his explanation through Daniel. And the fourth kingdom, the Roman Empire, is also the last empire. After the Roman Empire, there will be no other empire, no other kingdom that will rule the entire world, unchallenged by other kingdoms or empires. Just as the Roman Empire was at the end internally divided, which also caused its downfall, the world after the collapse of the Roman Empire was and is a world of continual divisions. Nation rises against nation and kingdom against kingdom, as Christ says in Matthew 24, verse 7. And that is again the work of God. God who divides the world and who sets up nation against nation, so that in that situation, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Christ will be built. If we look at Revelation 20, verse 3, Revelation 20, verse 3, there we read about an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the abyss. And in verse 2, we read that he seized the dragon, that ancient serpent who is a devil or Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. He threw him into the abyss and locked and sealed it over him to keep him from deceiving the nations anymore until the thousand years were ended. And... After that, he must be set free for a short time. And in verse 7 to 10, there also, we read again about him. When the thousand years are over, Satan will be released from his prison. He will go out to deceive the nations in the four corners of the earth. Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle. There, This this rock that was cut out, not by human hands, that hit the statue at its feet, but consequently smashed the whole statue and destroyed it. And with that, the fourth kingdom is destroyed. But with that, the whole situation changed. It is no longer as it was before. The time of great empires is over. And that is what we are told in Revelation 20 as well. That is symbolized by, by the entire statue being destroyed. It is not just the fourth empire, iron and clay, but the whole statue is destroyed. There will be no empire anymore that will govern the entire world. God's people is not just a small people among the big empires of the world, as it was in the days of the kings after David. But from then on, from the time of the coming of Christ, from then on the world is divided. And in every kingdom, and every nation, there the kingdom of Christ is being built. Built not according to human customs or rules, not the way in which earthly kingdoms and empires are built, but according to the heavenly plan of God the Creator, the almighty governor of heaven and earth, with Christ as king, eternal king. And in the second place, we see this kingdom is from heaven. The kingdom of God is totally different from all these other kingdoms. The citizens of this kingdom do not come from one people. In verse 44, we read, nor shall the kingdom, nor will it be left to another people. So it is not another kingdom. It is not the fifth kingdom that will destroy the fourth kingdom and establish a new one. No, it will not be left to another people. It is not one people that conquers another people and takes over its position on the world stage. This kingdom will consist of citizens from all the peoples of the earth in a totally different way than the other kingdoms. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end. In the dream, the king saw that it is not another part of a statue. It is totally different, not made by man, a kingdom not of this world not set up according to the standards of this world. It is a kingdom from heaven. God builds his kingdom on this earth through his word and his spirit. And that is what we can also read in in other texts in the Old Testament, like Zechariah 4, verse 6, Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. God prophesied to the king through Daniel, but also to his own people, and to the whole world, that there would come a time in which things would change. And indeed, the coming of Christ did change the history of this world. The gospel of Christ, the announcement of the, king, the coming of his kingdom, is going over this world. Now, like uh, the book of Revelation speaks about the rider on the white horse in Revelation 6. He rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest. Not like Alexander the Great. Not like the Persians or the Romans or any other people who conquer the world by their might and power. But this writer conquers the world world by the word of God. And the word of God, brothers and sisters, that is a double-edged, sharp sword, a powerful weapon. Not the power which the nations of this world use, but the power of God which turns hearts of men to him, so that they become followers of him, so that they believe and by faith become citizens of his kingdom. There is no Christian empire in this world like the Roman Empire or the Greek Empire. But the citizens of this kingdom, the Christians, they live everywhere in this world. They come from all the peoples of this world. And they are citizens of a heavenly kingdom. And that citizenship determines what they do on this earth. Well, that does not mean that they don't belong to the people of their own countries or that they don't participate in the government of the earthly countries. Well, that was what the Anabaptists in the time of the Reformation and thereafter believe. We see it now in the Mennonites and Amish, Amish. they believe that because they are citizens of a heavenly kingdom, a different kingdom, they should not participate in politics. They are not allowed to be part of the army of the earthly countries. But that is not, not what the Bible teaches us. But the Bible does teach us that we have to bring everything under the reign of God just by being part of this world. We have a place in this world. We participate in the life of this world, but we have a different attitude than those who do not belong to the kingdom of God. We work in this world to win this world for Christ. And that means that we do also participate in, for instance, politics and government if God gives us the opportunity. Also Daniel himself is a good example of that. But also in the government of the earthly countries, Christians remain citizens of the kingdom of heaven, and the laws of this kingdom will guide them in what they do, also in decisions that affect public life. Our position in this world as Christians means that we live in this world, but we are different from those who do not believe. We show in our words and in our deeds that our allegiance is with the kingdom of heaven. We will not do anything that is going against the laws of this kingdom. This world will not always accept this, because they see that we are different. They will recognize that we belong to another kingdom, and they will sometimes even hate us for that. The world is indeed cornering us, brothers and sisters, but in the meantime we must know that God is testing us. And especially in such times the message of the church gets powerful. The history of the church teaches us that it is especially in situations of persecution that the testimony of Christians is heard more clearly and people want to know more about it. And it is in situations in which the church has no importance in the world that Christians come to great deeds and that God's name is honored and praised, even by the, wor- by the world. We can read about it in Daniel 3, where Daniel's, with a huge statue that the friends of Daniel did not want to kneel down for. The more the world rages in its madness and foolishness, the more Christians will excel by their wisdom given to them by God. And sometimes people will recognize that. And then Christ and his Christians will receive praise. Other times it will upset them even more. It will drive them even to greater rage against God and the Christians. And sometimes both will happen at the same time and it can divide complete countries. For instance, if it comes to ethical issues. We still live in freedom. We don't face real persecution. Maybe so now and then we have to suffer from the consequences of being Christians and for our choices as Christians, but not really to the point of shedding our blood, as it is said in Hebrews 12 verse 4. But for us, it is very important in our words and in our deeds to remain faithful to God, our King. We are citizens of His kingdom. And what does that mean to us, brothers and sisters? It is not just that we go to church, that too. But it has an impact on our whole life. It permeates our entire life in everything we do. We can fight for our Christian values. But it means nothing if we don't show in our lives that our kingdom is from heaven and that our lifestyle is determined by God's commandments. How can we tell others to keep God's commandments if it comes to the hot issues like homosexuality, abortion, euthanasia, and so on. If we don't show in our whole lives the love for God and the love for our neighbor, and that we are followers of Christ who gave his own life for us when we were sinners. Brothers and sisters, the kingdom of heaven is totally different from any other kingdom or any other country on this earth. Not built in the way kingdoms on this earth are built, not by power, but by God's word and spirit. God's word and spirit, they lead us, they govern us. And this kingdom of heaven is being built everywhere where Christ gathers his church and where real Christians live and witness their faith. And there, those Christians may know that whatever this world will do to them, they will never die, even if governments or others kill their body. But they belong to an eternal kingdom of which they may be citizens forever, a kingdom that is not subject to time, that is not affected by death, a perfect kingdom. In the third place, we see that this kingdom will last forever. King Nebuchadnezzar saw in his dream, as Daniel explained it, that this empire would not last, that his empire would not last forever. When he became king, his empire was at the beginning of a period of wealth and prosperity. And in Daniel 4, there we can see that some years later, King Nebuchadnezzar became even arrogant about what he had accomplished. And Babylon indeed was a mighty kingdom. But this dream showed that this kingdom would not last forever. After this empire there would come another empire, and thereafter again another and another. in a cycle of rising to the top and then some time of prosperity and wealth, of much power and then thereafter the corruption came. And with the corruption, the downfall of the empire. And in that time, the time of corruption, then those empires were defeated by other powers that came up and became strong. Well, that is indeed the weakness of all those empires. That is still the weakness of many empires in our world. They are governed by sinful men. Those sinful men, when they are at the top of their power, they cannot resist the power of sin. And especially when you are so mighty, That you can do almost anything you want. Then there is hardly anybody who controls you. and And it is very easy to give in to sin. To become arrogant. And that is what we see happening so often with governments. And that also means the beginning of the downfall of governments. And even complete empires. It is by his own sin that man destroys what he had built up first. But the kingdom of heaven will not be affected by sin. That kingdom will overcome sin. It will be a perfect kingdom, just because it is not from this earth, but from heaven. And therefore it is not subject to the decay which is caused by sin either. That complete statue, which symbolized four empires, although some of those empires were very strong and very powerful, and the fourth empire, the Roman empire, even lasted five centuries. But they all were made by man. The whole statue was made by the hand of man. But the rock that was cut out was not made by man, nor cut out by the hands of man. It was made by God himself. And brothers and sisters, that is important for us. To keep that in mind, always. Christian faith is not one religion of the many of this world. It is not invented by man. And the Christian church is not the invention of man. It is not made by man. We see it, time and again, in history, in our own days. As soon as we think that we have to build a church, as soon as we are going to do it all according to our own wisdom, our own insights and things go wrong we can see it in the time of the reformation things went wrong because human opinions human insights were more important than than the word of God we can see it in the centuries thereafter time and again we can see it in our own time as soon as men start to build their own church as soon as the word of God is no longer the only decisive authority for what the church does and what the church says, then things go wrong. God builds his kingdom, the kingdom of Christ. And he does it by his word and spirit. So that his word and his spirit guide us. And we must follow the guidance of God's word and spirit. And only the word of God is important in the church. And where that word is proclaimed, there the Holy Spirit works. And there God builds his church. And there we can find his kingdom. But then we may also know that if indeed the word of God has our authority in our lives, and we do listen to his word, if the word of God and only the word of God is being preached in in a church, then we don't need to have concerns about the church in this world. Even if the people around us are getting more and more hostile towards the Christian church. Don't worry. They can never stop the preaching of the word of God, and they can never destroy the church of Christ. The word of God is riding out as the white rider on the white horse, conquering and bent on conquest. The spreading of the word of God over the entire world, it started 20 centuries ago, after Christ's ascension and Pentecost. And Christianity survived many mighty empires throughout history. All those empires, whatever they attempted, they could not destroy it. Because Christian, the Christian church, the kingdom of Christ, is not from this earth. It is from heaven. Let this also encourage us, brothers and sisters, to remain faithful. It does not depend on us. It does not depend on this world. It does not depend on governments. It does not depend on those living around us and what they do. Although there are many who will scorn us because of our deeds. And maybe even persecute us. Satan will try to silence us. But the more he attacks us, the more we can be convinced that it is good to be faithful in our deeds. Because Satan would never attack us if we were not dangerous to him. But as soon as our words and our deeds are going to be a threat for him, because we speak the word of God, then he starts to do his best to silence us or to scare us. And be aware then, brothers and sisters, that we belong to the kingdom of heaven. That is an eternal kingdom. It is built by the power of God Almighty, and it will last forever. God himself will protect the church with his almighty power. And he will finish his work. And then when Christ returns, all the remainders of the earthly empires will be totally destroyed. And and his empire, the kingdom of Christ, will last forever. Because it is a perfect kingdom. It is a kingdom of God. Amen. This has been a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. For more information, please visit us on the web at www.langleycanrc.org.